Hello everyone and welcome back to the Scouting Guide Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer and talk about all things Scouting. In this episode, we are going to be continuing going over the Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge book. So, if you're following along, we are on page 34, but feel free just to set me down and listen to me reading if that suits your fancy. But if you're following along, we're on page 34. Now, let's begin. Fire Safety Tips If you know you have to react in the event of a fire in your home, you can prevent injuries and possibly save lives. Teach these tips to your family and discuss them. If there is a fire, warn everyone possible without endangering your own safety. Before investigating the source of the alarm activation, be sure everyone knows what to do with the fire alarm sounds like. Get out of the building if your escape routes are clear. Keep calm. Walk fast. Do not run. Wait until you are in a safe area, but call 911 or the operator as soon as possible to report the fire. Say, I want to report a fire, and tell the operator where your address is. Do not hang up on them until the dispatcher says it is okay to do so. Know your parents' physical location, not just your home address. Or, if you are trapped in a... in the building, call 911 to report your location. If you cannot get to a phone, call for help from a window. Wave a towel to signal attention. 5. Keep doors closed. Open doors and windows causes drafts and can fan a fire and make it more serious. If you think the door is the only way out, feed it with the back of your hand, and if it is hot, do not open it. If it is not hot, duck into the other side away from the door opening. When you turn the knob, open the door slowly. If the door opens inward, brace it with your foot to keep it from opening too fast. If there is smoke in a room, crawl close to the floor. The air is least toxic about 12 to 18 inches above the floor. Breathe under your shirt or jacket in the space next to your body. If you cannot see well, keep the back of one hand in front of you. Using your hand, follow the wall around the nearest door or window. 7. If you can walk downstairs, do so carefully and close to the wall if you cannot see. Buildings that are two or three stories high should have an escape ladder. If you do not have one, get a sheet or other bright cloth and hang it outside a window to get the attention of people outside. Stay by the window and wait for the fire department to arrive and rescue you. Avoid the urge to jump out of the window. Wait for help to arrive. Push towels or clothes, wet is better than dry, against the bottom of the door to keep smoke from entering the room. 9. Absolutely never use an elevator during a fire. 10. Remember that children may become very scared and hide under beds or in closets. You can make sure that they practice a fire saver plan so that they know the right thing to do in case of a fire. 11. Help guide others along your escape route. But do not delay your escape by trying to rescue someone else. In an emergency, do not place yourself in additional danger. Get the help, get you out. Meet the fire department when it arrives and tell the firefighters where you last saw other people. Firefighters have training, protective clothing, and breathing apparatuses. Let them do the rescuing. If you will be most helpful by telling them where others might need their help and will be unable to direct firefighters to someone in trouble if you yourself become the victim of the fire. Most of the points above are just as important to know for a fire emergency anywhere, such as a public building. Look at them over again and know how they might apply 
And here are the three most important points. If you are in a hotel room or living in an apartment, be sure you take the key whenever you leave the room or an apartment. Don't get caught in the hallway without it. Never go into a building that is on fire. Wait for the fire department to arrive with the right equipment and gear to rescue people and put the fire out. You probably have regular fire drills at school. This is an emergency preparedness in action. If you are in school when a fire breaks out, follow the teacher's instructions. Do not go out on your own. Gas leaks. Gas can kill. The fume from a natural gas or propane leaks can cause explosions. Cells that are left on but not lighted are especially hazardous. If someone can create a spark in a fume-filled room, an explosion could happen. Gases and related fumes, such as carbon monoxide, can cause a person to stop breathing, followed by unconsciousness and death. Sources of dangerous fumes include bad connections for furnaces, ovens, stoves, clothes, dryers, water heaters, and other gas appliances. Garages, basements, and kitchens are home's dangerous spots. Smart homeowners have gas fixtures and appliances inspected regularly and keep them in good repair. Have your parents check the gas pipes in your home, especially in damp areas such as a basement, to make sure that they are not rusting. Natural gas also has a distinctive odor that you can smell. 911 or your fire department or gas company if you think you have a gas leak. Looking for the source of leak could lead to an explosion, since many things can be in an ignition source, even such things as flashlights, mobile phones, light switches, and garage door openers. If someone is overcome by gas fumes, get the person outdoors under fresh air. If the person is unconscious and cannot be moved outside, open windows and doors to help disperse the fumes and bring in fresh air. If the person has stopped breathing, immediately give rescue breaths. See the first aid merit badge pamphlet. Call 911 or the fire department or rescue squad. Notify the gas company. Monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide, also known as CO, is an odorless and colorless gas and it can kill. Every year in the United States, CO poisoning kills more than 200 people and sends thousands more to the hospital. Carbon monoxide gas can come from a lot of places. Gas-fired appliances, charcoal grills, wood-burning furnaces, or fireplaces, power generators, train shots, and other gas-powered tools in cars. Running a car or a generator in a closed garage, or even under a carport, for instance, is a recipe for disaster. Everyone is at risk for CO poisoning, but you can do some simple things to prevent a problem. Install CO alarm in your home, and be sure everyone knows the sound of the alarm. Make sure your parents have a fuel-burning appliances, furnaces, and chimneys inspected by a professional at least once a year. Never use any charcoal grills in the garage or in your home, only outdoors. Know the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning, Headaches, dizziness, faintingness, and ringing in the ears. A person might yawn a lot or feel like vomiting. If you or someone else feels like this, get outside or open windows right away for fresh air. If someone is overcome by carbon monoxide poisoning, call 911 for medical help. The person may not be able to breathe. Give rescue breathing as you learn to do so for the first aid merit badge. Be sure that all appliances and sources of combustion are turned off. A professional should investigate the source of this CO buildup and repair it. A carbon monoxide detector, similar to a fire alarm, is a good way to mitigate emergencies due to fumes from incomplete combustion of poorly ventilated gas appliances. Emergency. Use the phone. In many emergency situations, the first and smartest thing you can do is to call for help. In your home, post emergency numbers, such as the fire department, police, and doctor, by all phones. 
Calling 911 will summon fire, police, and ambulance services. Tell the 911 operator your name and address and what the emergency is. Then, stay on the line until you are sure help is on the way. In the case of fire or gas leak, leave immediately and call from a neighbor's house in the event of a power outage. A corded phone may still work. Phone lines are powered separately. If the phone lines were down, try a mobile phone, which should work as long as the nearby cell tower has power. If 911 service is unavailable, your area, dial zero and tell the operator your address and your emergency. Emergency is in your car. Road trips with your family or with your troop can be great fun, but these trips need to be safe too, especially because it might be far from home or from immediately help. As you travel, preparation is very important. Consider the weather you might encounter. Prepare for the worst. Check weather reports and plan travel routes in accordingly. If severe weather is threatening, consider delaying your trip. Keep at least half a tank of gasoline in the car. Before you leave, let others know your route and where you expect it to arrive. Pack food, water, medications, and extra clothing appropriate for the season and weather conditions. Keep a first aid kit, flares, and booster cables in your car. Always buckle up. Every time. Every seat. Every person. You can check the Traffic Safety Merit Badge pamphlet for more information about recognizing and preventing emergency situations in the vehicle. Motor Vehicle Accident. Accidents sometimes just happen. As always, be prepared for the unexpected with car accidents. Often and the most important thing you can do is get yourself into a first aid mindset. Is anyone hurt? Is anyone bleeding badly? Is anyone dazed or in shock? In your work for the First Aid Merit Badge, you learned how to respond to such situations. The killer of scout-age boys is motor vehicle accidents. The more you can do to recognize potentially hazardous conditions that might contribute to an accident, the more you can help save lives. Some people may want to move accident victims or rush them to a hospital. Victims themselves may wish to move about to check on others. Urge them not to do so. Move only those who are in danger or as needed to treat life-threatening conditions. If victims are able to move, help them get to safety. Have them lie down and keep them still and calm until medical help arrives. For shock and other conditions as needed. Four things are essential to help prevent further injury and loss of life after a motor vehicle accident. 1. Call 911 for medical help. 2. Make the scene safe. Turn off a vehicle's engine, source, parking brakes, and help direct traffic if you are trained to do so. However, if you cannot readily secure the scene, do not put yourself in danger to trying to do so. Stop severe bleeding. Treat for shock. Trapped in a blizzard. If you find yourself trapped in a blizzard, use your ingenuity and always ask yourself, what is the safest thing to do? Stay with the car and wait for help. Leave your car only if you are sure of the way to the nearest building and you know that it is a short distance away. But wait for the blizzard conditions to lessen, too. Do not walk in a blizzard. It is easy to lose sight of your car and become lost in blowing snow. If you are on a well-traveled road, show a trouble signal. Attract rescuers by flashing hazard lights or hanging a bright cloth from the radio antenna or window. If possible, run the engine and heater just long enough to remove the chill from the air, about 10 minutes each hour. Conserve gasoline, but be careful when running the engine. 2. Do not let the exhaust pipe get clogged with snow. The blockage can cause deadly carbon monoxide to leak into the passenger's compartment.
for ventilation, open your window slightly on the side away from the wind. Occasionally breathe deeply and rapidly to move your arms and legs to increase blood circulation. The inside of the car can protect you for a time. At night, keep the inside dome light on. It usually is a small amount of current from the battery, and it will be easier for rescuers to see the car in the dark. However, if you are stuck in for more than six hours and the cold in the car becomes unbearable, consider moving into a snow hole or other shelter. The temperature inside a snow hole can be 15 to 20 degrees warmer than the air outside the snow hole. For more about cold weather shelters, see the Wilderness Survival Merit Badge pamphlet, which I have also read, and you can go back and do that. Some scouts are also known for their resourcefulness. Look around and make sure to do so with what you have. You can use the flat round top of the air filter in your car for digging in the snow. Use a cushion from the car seat as your snow hole or cut branches from the trees to sit on. You will need a seat so that you are not sitting on melted snow. Stay dry as possible. As soon as you can build a fire outside, not in the shelter, use the car's spare tire or hubcaps as a fireplace or keep logs on top of the snow. You might be able to start a fire with the car's lighter for tender, tear up road maps or other paper you might have in the car, or strip fabric from the car seats. If you do not have fuel for a fire, look through the car again. Wooden handles of tools will burn, for example. You may have heard that the Universal Stress Signals, or SOS, stands for Save Our Ship or Save Our Souls. But it turns out that this is just a myth. The Berlin Radiographic Conference of 1906 adopted SOS as a dangerous signal merely because the Morse code for SOS, three dots, three dashes, and three dots, was felt to be un mistakable when relayed by telegraph. These days, three can mean distress. In other contexts, two, such as lighting three fires to indicate distress or arranging three piles of debris that searchers might see. Three small fires arrange in a triangle as a distress signal. If you cannot build a fire, stamp out a big SOS in the snow near your car. Make three the letters deep so that the shadows cast into them, making them easier for rescuers to see. If you are stuck with your car for more than one day, finding food and water can become a problem. You can get water by melting or eating clean snow. If you do not have any food, work slowly and rest often. In extremely cold weather, if you do not rest, you will quickly tire out and become exhausted. Stalled in the desert. All deserts are dry, but deserts are not always hot. For example, salt flats in Utah can reach temperatures well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit during the day in summer, while fall below freezing at night during the winter. Although the most common concern is dealing with excess of heat. Those stranded in deserts may also have to deal with low temperatures at night. If your car stalls in hot desert, stay with the car but not in it. If you are on a regulatory traveled road, someone will come by soon to help raise the hood and trunk to indicate you need help. At night, attract attention any way you can. Set out an emergency light, turn on car flashers or turn signals, leave the inside dome light on, or if possible, build a fire outside. If you are stalled in a remote desert area, stay with the car. Sit in its shade on something, such as in a car seat, that keeps you a foot or so off the ground. The temperature off the ground can be 30 degrees hotter than the air is a foot off the ground. Stay calm and think. 
Do not act hastily. You will never, you will need water, and you will not need to protect yourself from the heat. Stay covered. Do not throw away clothing, no matter how hot it gets. Clothing will guard against the sun, blowing sand, and insects. Water is the most important thing. Know these potential sources of water. Dew. If the night is cold, in the morning, you can collect the dew from that forms on cars, rocks, and plants. Cactus. Cut off cactus sections and mash them into a container. Eat the cactus pulp. Slice off the top of a big barrel. Cactuses and scoop out the water inside. Water holes. In the evening and early morning, listen for birds and watch for circling flocks and freshly made animal tracks. Follow these birds or tracks. They could lead into water. Caution. Salty or soapy tasting water may be poisonous. Must walk in search of things. Leave a note at the car, telling anyone who has arrived in the direction you went. Normally, you should not leave a car unless you know for certain that help is close by in a given direction. Walk only after sundown or in the early dawn if needed to light to see. Rest during the day in any shade that you can find or make. Use signal fires to attract the attention of planes or other desert travelers. A burning car tire, deflated to prevent explosion, should be visible during the day due to the smoke. Use the car mirror as a signaling device as described in the plane signals section later on this pamphlet. Spell out SOS on the ground with rocks, rags, or stripes, car seat coverings, anything you can find that contrasts in color with the ground. If you find water, drink it. Do not ration it. Try to make water last longer. Does make harm more harm than good. Do not eat food unless you drink it, at least a pint of water a day. Emergency in the outdoors. If the activity scouting has to offer takes place in the great outdoors, here are some things to think about and to keep your adventures as safe as possible. And to be prepared should an emergency arise, mountain slash backcountry accident. Try to anticipate and recognize what hazards you might face before you leave on a wilderness trip by setting a map of the area where you are going. Know the terrain, take the map with you, and always tell someone where and when you are going to return. The best way to help prevent injury or loss of life on a mountain or backcountry trip, or any hiking trip for that matter, is to follow the rule of three. Do not travel alone. One body is good, but three or more hiking together is better. If one person gets hurt, the second one can perform first aid and stay with the victim while the third can get help. Following this guideline will also reduce your chances of getting lost. Carry a first aid kit and survival kit that has items such as hooks and lines, emergency food and plastic bag water for storage. Remember to bring a basic hiking necessities, such as a pocket knife, compass, for, or GPS with fresh batteries, matches stored in a waterproof container, and adhesive bandages. Stay off your feet. In the mountain or backcountry, the most common accident is a fall. Try to prevent falls when going down a hill or a steep bank. Control your center of gravity, that is, lean back slightly if you fall. You will fall backwards, and then it will be in a sliding rather than tumbling position. Leaning forward and grabbing branches or other objects for support is not always a good idea. The support might give way, roll, break, or slide, and then you will tumble backwards. In a rough-going areas, the last fall is a safe place and manner. They all fall in timber, which may be wet and mossy, making for a slippery surface. Likewise, rocks can be slack and dangerous. Even if you do not fall over, you can still twist an anger. Ankle. Be weather alert. Watch for our lightning and thunderstorms. Take shelter in a low area under a thick grove of small trees, ideally away from the direction of the approaching storm. Do not stand under a tall, isolated tree in an open space. Avoid bodies of water and melted fences too. Anything else that might conduct electricity. 
If you are in a meadow, head for the lowest spot of the nearest forest cover. If you get caught in a, snow in a storm where you cannot quickly get to a low, safe spot, be a small target. Until the storm passes, crouch low with only, only the sole of your shoes, tiptoe if possible, touching the ground. Place your hands over your ears. Do not lay flat on the ground, which will make you a larger target. And do not wear a baseball cap. The button on top is probably made of metal. And do not camp in a gully or stream bed. A thunderstorm or flash flood miles away might send a rushing torrent of rod water to your campsite. Rest and con consider your options. Usually, it is best to stay put. People searching can find you easier than you can find them. If you must travel and everyone agrees to it, walk in a straight line. Use the sliding system. If you can get to a high point safely, go up and look over the, over the land below. Find a similar landmark and head towards it. Leave a note or otherwise indicate your direction of travel for searchers. If there is any possibility that you will have to stay in overnight, find a good campsite before dusk. Do not travel at night except for in the deserts with good visibility. Plane signals. If you are lost, you might need to get the attention of a rescue plane or helicopter. Fire and smoke gets a pilot's attention. However, also, be aware of the hazards of wildfire in your area. If a drought situation is in effect, these fires arranged in a triangle convey the universal SOS. Build fires in an open area where they can be seen. Keep a pile of fuel, brush, twigs, leaves, etc. nearby so that you can quickly make the fires bigger. If you are short of fuel, lay a fire and be ready to light it when you first hear a plane. During the day, use green wood, damp leaves, rubber, or oil to produce visible smoke. Smoky fires show wind direction. This could be helpful as a pilot who has a chance to land. When a smoky fire, you can send smoke signals. Cut off the smoke with a wet blanket or something similar. Release it quickly. Cut off the smoke again. Do this so that you send three short puffs in a row. Pause and repeat. A ground level sign language of symbols can attract an aircraft and communicate with the pilot. Make the symbols with stripes of cloth, rocks, or branches. Use any available material that will contrast with the background that is placed on. Make sure that the symbols are big, 10 feet wide or wider in an open area where they can be seen. You can also stamp the symbols in sand or snow. If possible, line the bottom of such tracks with something dark, such as a leafy green branches. Pile sand or snow on the side so that one of the sun will show a shadow into the symbols when in doubt. Use the international distress symbol, SOS. One way to get the attention of a rescue aircraft is to use a mirror to aim a beam of reflected sunlight at the plane or helicopter. See the sidebar and signaling with a mirror. If you do not see it or hear an aircraft, sweep the horizon with your reflected sunbeam oh, anyway. This is a tiny flash of light that can be seen for 50 or more miles. You can make a signal mirror with a knife and an empty can. Cut the lid or bottom of the can, punch a hole in the center, and if you are ready to signal, you can use the blade of your knife. If you are lost and have none of this equipment, you could use a smooth, wet piece of wood, a flat rock, or anything else that will reflect some sunlight. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Scouting God Podcast. We will be back next week with reading the Emergency Preparedness Merit Badge.